biopics are kind of, I don't know, it's almost as if there's favorites and there's like ones you think that are the top ones. And a lot, I think a lot of times biopics, you could probably just, your favorites are maybe the fa- your favorite people. From the Outpost and my newly refurbished studio, this is List Envy, the podcast in which I work with a guest to build a top five list on a topic they choose. This week's guest is the uh, is one half of the Third Wheel podcast. His name is Aaron Conway, and we got to talking about biopics. I will tell you all about my studio uh, and how it has been refurbished, and maybe even share some photos uh, in the in the sort of mid-amble uh, towards the end of the podcast. But for now, we've got very important things to do. We have to build our list we have to talk about biopics and and I'm just confirming the pronunciation it's definitely biopics I'm I'm very pleased that 100% of the panel got that correct um it, it's although biopic sounds nice and kind of you know maybe a little bit medical it's definitely a biopic isn't it um listen I've I've gone I've gone combative right from the start so let's 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 bring it back um I started off by talking to Aaron about the scope of and the, the sort of the breadth of how we can define a biopic. Does it have to cover someone's entire life or can we just take a little bitty piece? Yeah, see, this is a I was asking myself this because I went on to uh, IMDb and went to like top 250 and then bio, chose biography. And then a lot of films came up that I thought were like, yeah, they're more kind of a lot of them were I felt were films more just based on true events rather than i would call them like a biography um i think i prefer the ones where it's kind of shows you as a kid shows the person as a kid or the group of people young and then you see them for like the majority of their lifetime um i think they're the ones i prefer but that doesn't mean you can have can't have films where it's like they've done like something massive and it only covers that kind of specific thing i mean i I don't know if you've got Steve Jobs on your list, but that's an interesting one because, like, that's in three separate time pockets. Yeah, three yeah. time acts. Yeah, um, and I think, I mean, mm, I, I don't. Mm, well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to um, potentially squash. I oh, know mine's. I didn't put it on there. Good. For, that's all right then. I don't think it's very good. Basically, for that reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine then. Um, so, speaking of the list, what is what's number one for you? What has to be on the list? Okay, number one for me is. The Social Network. Oh, see, ah, now, oh, interesting. Because I saw that and I was like, I don't know if this goes in biopic. Ah, oh, tell me, tell me why you picked this. So this was just, um, so I'm, I'm, this is kind of, it has a lot of personal reasons as well, I guess, because I'm, I'm someone in tech. I'm a, I'm a web developer. Um, and at the time it was released 2010, you know, Facebook was social net, social media and like social network, it was kind of blowing up. And I was, what, how old was I then? That was 10, 11 years ago. So I was like 12, 13. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, giving away my age. Um, giving away my age. And, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I was just like, I was a massive like tech fan. I wanted to, I knew I kind of wanted to get into the industry. Um, didn't necessarily knew I wanted to be like a web developer or anything, but, you know, developing apps and stuff like that. And then seeing this, guy who at the time i didn't know too much about just knew he created facebook obviously now it's yeah pretty different but um seeing this guy was a bit of a nerd you know a bit like socially awkward um but he managed to make this thing that thousands millions of people ended up using um kind of was like oh shit i can i can do something like this or i would like to do something like this but yeah so i think uh that's and that was probably one of the first 
biopics I watched where I was like, I knew it was a biopic and I knew it was like a retelling of a story from someone. Yeah. About it's, someone. it's interesting because it's like, it's a tech film by someone who doesn't really like tech all that much. Um, cause I don't think Aaron Sorkin is a big fan, uh, certainly of, I mean, he, he was, he was fairly blistering about, um, the sort of the social, what we used to call the social internet um back in the day um and so it's it's yeah it's it's interesting to see his his take on something like that but i i yeah i loved it i think i I watched it the first time on a plane and i've watched it since and i wonder because i feel like the facebook that he talked about that that sorkin wrote about what 10 years ago or more actually it was yeah it was, was it 2011 it came out i've got here 2010 2010 okay there you go then so yeah 11 years um to like the facebook that even was was then it's slightly different from the facebook that he talked about when it was invented and now it is so many orders of magnitude different it would be really fascinating to see like mm-hmm. i think that's what's nice about it is is it really does show that little pocket of time and you've got the whole device of him with the um what they call the the the, the two twins uh the Vin- winkle voss Winklevoss. Yeah, the, the yeah the Winkle the Winklevi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you said that. Um, Army Hammer twice. Um, like that that whole device of of sort of going back and forth between the uh, the the then present in the courtroom and stuff. I think yeah, it's and I love David Fincher. He's my favorite director. So like yeah, awesome. And love, yeah, you said it's like it. a tech film as well, but it's it's almost more so even like the legal battle. I think they probably explore a lot more. And I found like it's a film basically just conversations just a lot of conversations and it somehow just really interesting and gripping throughout yeah, and it, it opens so well with with him in the in the college dorm room and he's talking about you know what he's doing with ht access and an apache server and all this kind of stuff and you're just like yeah <laughs> yeah it also um right from the get-go they tell you like he's a bit he's a bit of a dickhead like he's he's not a nice person like he was uh started off by making a site comparing like girls with animals um and then yeah so it's it's just yeah i think it's interesting how they there's no like hero in any screws over like his best friend and i arguably like robs the idea of the twins um and then only at the very end you kind of see maybe like maybe a bit more sympathetic towards him yeah no it's it's not overall a, a particularly sympathetic portrait um which I think is good. Oh, great. Uh, that's a great pick. Um, I'm going to go with my number one is, oh, God, I don't even know if you were alive when this came out. 1993's Shadowlands. Okay, I've not even heard no. of that. And I hadn't before I'd watched it. Um, and I only watched it uh, a year and a bit ago. Um, but it's it's my number one already, um, biopic wise. Uh, so this is Anthony Hopkins and Deborah Winger. Um, Hopkins plays C.S. Lewis, uh, the guy that that wrote the the Narnia books, um, and it's a time in his life from uh, sort of being a, a university professor and. I think he was already in he'd already written Narnia but it's it's not really about any of that um it's all about his love affair with um with a poet uh, an American American poet called uh, Jay Grish, uh, Grisham uh, or Joy Grisham and she's played by Deborah Wing, uh, Winger and it's this story of a man who's lived his whole life like the IMDb review says it's like a passionless life and his whole life has been hmm. very buttoned down very 
um, prim and proper, very Christian, but uh, and and completely devoid of uh, of of a love story. Um, and he's he's now in his I don't know fifties or something. Um, and he's sort of gone through this whole quiet life, being you know kind of okay. He's toddled along in life, and he's 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 his professor, and he does his English teaching, and he writes his books, um, and he kind of just goes through life. But then he meets this woman who who is abrupt and and abrasive, and um, he th- there's just this sort of quiet love affair that happens, and then. I mean, stuff stuff happens, and I, I watch this, and some of the things that happen to um, these these poor two people, um, it broke my little heart, and and I just I sat there and I was just I was just weeping <laughs> for so long. I just sat there, just <laughs> tears just rolling down my eyes, and my my throat just like it's such a frog in my throat, just like <clears throat> for so long. Um, and it was it was so unexpected. I think that's why I. I rated it so highly. It was an unexpected and just quiet, lovely, simple, unassuming film that just knocked my emotional block off. It was lovely. Yeah, I, I think I'll definitely cry then. I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a, anything emotional. I've got tears. Um, Anthony Hopkins, I don't think he looks the same as he yep. does now. That <laughs> yep. was how long the ago. man has not changed. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, and he's, you know, it's, it's him. He's, he does that kind of, quiet um methodical type button down personality quite well when he's not being lector so it's it, you know he was he was the guy that you that you get to play it um and it's 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 interesting like considering he knocked around with with Tolkien at the same time um they were both working on their fantasy uh things and and sort of i think they they had a friendly ish rivalry but i don't think Tolkien is if i remember rightly i don't think he's mentioned in the film at all um there are some nice illusions uh, and jokes about it's because Lewis has got his got his like pub mates, and it's it's so weird to hear his pub mates are all taking the mick out of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, and the idea of uh, the the um, the sexual imagery of parting the furs and going into this <laughs> this amazing land. Um, it obviously must have been cribbed from you know from some written piece somewhere it's such a yeah uh it's 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 great so there you go shadowlands 1993 give it give it a uh a a whirl if you can um my phone just started playing music yeah it's like sorry um do you do you look at the any inaccuracies when you look at biopics or watch biopics uh when you say look at them i mean I, i i don't like do do research afterwards um yeah but i certainly like if i know about the the person's life i'm certainly like looking for them and be like that never happened <laughs> yeah i try to uh i'm I, yeah i guess i'm the same um but i try to not off af- afterwards i always find a biopic uh pretty good if afterwards i'm like googling like more about them or trying to find like old footage on youtube or whatever um but then watching like preparing this list and watching like reviews of some of the films i chose you just see loads of people say, well, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. Uh, so I try not to, like... I think it's good if you know that it's not 100% factual. Yeah. I mean, it's not a documentary. It's, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I think that's okay. Um, what's your number two? Okay, number two. I, I did want to go for some older films, but I think most of mine are just going to show how young I am, probably. Um, 
Number two, I've gone for Rocket Man. Ah, lovely. Um, so this one, it's just a bit different, I think, um, to your normal biopic. It's more, um, it's more of a musical, really. Um, and I did kind of want to make my list a bit varied. So I think the thing with biopics is you can have, we could have made a top five music biopic, a top five sports biopics and, and all sorts. So, um, yeah, so this is on Rocket Man is on the story of Elton John. Um, and he's played by Taron Edgerton, something Edgerton. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but, um, yeah, yeah, he, he was brilliant in it. I thought, um, and I think it was just cool how they, they, as I was saying, like not to take it, take biopics a hundred percent as fact, they kind of embrace that, I think to the max, like none of the songs were in, uh, the order of how they were released or anything. It was kind of the songs were in order to match his story um and just the mood of the film and it's just such a like a fun vibrant energetic creative film and i think it still managed to show like kind of how vulnerable he was as well um and how it started off started off with him going into rehab and then retelling his story which i thought was really cool as well were you an elton john fan before going into the film yeah yeah so i'm I'm a massive uh i really like old old music like old mm-hmm. artists um so i was a big fan of his um and then he came, it came out at the same time as or around the same same year as bohemian rhapsody as well yeah i think so um and yeah i think this was yeah it was just cool i think it, a lot of the music biopics follow a same kind of theme i think mm-hmm. or same storyline whereas you have like they grow up they're told they're not good enough um they go on to do really well then they end up doing a lot of drugs and uh alcohol then they go into rehab then they recover and they make a bit of a comeback um taylor's oldest time i think a lot of them yeah yeah a lot of them follow that i actually had um so if any listeners uh i have a podcast myself we have like guests come on and uh we had a musician come on and i i didn't really when i watched this film at the first first time i didn't really understand why like that is a storyline that happens so much um and he was telling me how when you're performing on stage as a musician, you have this, like you're on such a high and you're on such a buzz and then you come off stage and it's like, yeah, you're just like boring. flat life again. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, that made me think like, oh, okay. So he, he wasn't like promoting or anything or condoning any of that stuff, but it was like, he could understand why a lot of artists and musicians go through that, which I think was, yeah, really interesting. It is. It's something I have. I feel like I have a lot of sympathy for. I don't have any knowledge of it, but seeing comics and stuff like you'll you'll see a comic um and and they'll they'll have this you know they'll do their set and then some of them are the kind of of comics who'll come out and and meet you know meet people and sign things and they're gregarious and charming and all that stuff um and then it's like for most of them you know for the for the kind of comics i see who are not you know the big stadium tours they're sort of playing the the smaller smaller theaters back when theaters were a thing they they they're just gonna go to like a travel lodge you know and it's just gonna be them and and you know that maybe maybe the tour managers in a room next door if they've got one or their support act is maybe staying there or is staying in an even cheaper hotel and it's just like they do their gig and then they they're they're the life and soul and they are so much of the attention is, is focused on them for so long and then it's just like bam and now you're in a travel lodge and do you want the breakfast tomorrow morning and and it's just like yeah. that must be so difficult that that change because like 
even me, like when I've put on events, I've done, I've, I've put on, you know, events, I've put on podcast festival and all this kind of stuff. And you do all that and it's all this energy and the adrenaline's running and all that stuff. And then it's just like, bam, and you're home and you've got to feed the cats. And it's just like Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, no wonder they do I, all the drugs. <laughs> it's, it's quite funny as well, because the first time I watched this, I, I came out of it and... I was like Bohemian Rhapsody was better. Ah, okay. Um, and it was only until like a friend told me that she thought Rocket Man was better. And then I really watched it like before this. Um, I was like, okay, no, this is really different. This is like, uh, yeah, just different to what anything else I'd put on a list. And um, I also really like Bohemian Rhapsody as well. And thought the Rami Malek playing Freddie Mercury was great as well. Um, but yeah, I think I wanted to put yeah. this one in. Ah, that's a great. That's a great pick. Um. So I'm going to go 2018 and Stan and Ollie. Okay, awesome. I, I actually watched this uh, maybe like two weeks ago. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, this is Steve Coogan and John C. Riley playing, you know, Stan. Um, um, uh, I can't remember which order it is, but Laurel and Hardy anyway. Um, Stan, Laurel <laughs> yeah. and Ollie Hardy? Sure, let's go with that. Um, and it, you, you'll, you'll probably remember this because it'll be fresher in your mind. Um because I watched it about, I don't know, about 18 months ago. and it, But it covers the period where um, Laurel and Hardy have left Hollywood. They've had a mm-hmm. negotiation that, that sort of fell through because, um, well, one of them uh, was demanding m- more money, if I remember rightly, and they kind of were going to split up the partnership and um, they end up back, at, uh, back home in the UK and they're trying to revive their music hall career and... Um, almost working their way back up um, from from nothing, and all the time there's this hope of a of a new thing, a new gig, a new film, and it never quite works. And it's yeah, the performances are amazing. I mean, you've got the sort of gimmick of the really good impressions, but behind that is this just really great partnership story and it's you know again like sort of love story between these two uh these two guys who have just who've done so much and have got so much talent and um yeah i i really enjoy it yeah it's definitely like a story on friendship like the bromance um or the at times the lack of um like them falling out um and then i forgot which one it was but he is having like health problems um which made it quite sad um but yeah I, I think for me it was just a bit more uh obviously I, I didn't i knew heard of them laurel and hardy but i didn't know really anything apart from they were like actors um so it was it was a bit i don't know, it didn't interest me as much as the other like a lot of other uh biopics you haven't got like, a context for it really yeah and i sort yeah. of didn't um because i knew laurel and hardy as like characters as as not even themselves because there was a cartoon um there was a, a laurel and hardy cartoon and i don't know when it was made but it was on when i was a kid and that's how, how i knew of them and it wouldn't have been voiced by them it would have been just two other um actors who would have done the voices uh and so like that was my frame of reference growing up for laurel and hardy and then later you're like yeah they were in these films i've never seen any of the films um silent movies are uh, just not anything i have any interest in but you kind of i don't know you get 
you get some of the energy and some of the where where the fun is in some of their bits and skits that they did. Um, but yeah, like I, I wasn't watching it going, yep, that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I was when I was watching. I was thinking like, wow, we have come really far. Like the film industry and the uh, like comedy scene. Um, and like, I wonder in a hundred years time if they'll be looking back on like films that we have now thinking like the same thing i mean yeah you because like you've got a spectrum there because you could look at like knocked up or i don't know anchorman is but is 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 a better example you could look at something like anchorman and then you can look at something like the death of stalin as two comedies (laughs) in two like completely different spheres and and yeah and just wonder how the comedy of that age is um yeah because yeah i could i could imagine it's like when when you see uh like dramas uh or films set in rome and they do these they they have a play within the film and and all it is is just like it's like a puppet show and the audience are going mental for it and you're like that passed for entertainment back in roman times that's obviously what what people thought like a puppet show of a king killing another king and and doing a silly voice and everybody's going this is amazing comedy and yeah you're probably right that like in a hundred years we'll look at some of these films and just be like (laughs) people thought that was comedy (laughs) yeah did you think um i forgot who it was that did the one of them had an argument with their like manager um and he ended up doing filming something with an elephant with another with another uh like a replacement yes and that was where kind of like the bitterness came from in the friendship yeah because i think you you had one that that like took the comedy very seriously and the other one kind of just wanted to to lol (laughs) yeah and both of their wives didn't really get on no kind of no oh god yeah yeah. both back in back in their yeah Ah, oh, so it's a it's a it's a nice one. Um, what's number three for you? Okay, number three, I've gone for 2013 and The Wolf of Wall Street. Ah, cracking. Um, so yeah, this one, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is uh, playing Jordan Belfort, who's a stockbroker, and basically starts from pretty much nothing compared to what he ends up with. Um, goes like obsessed with making money, like goes right to the top but then eventually like falls into like crime and corruption and it's kind of like i think it's actually based on his autobiography um so a lot of it is i guess from his point of view um and i think as well you do have him narrating over it at point at certain points so it's also kind of it also it does feel like he is kind of showing you or like guiding you through his kind of life which makes it quite cool um but it's just a it's just a mad film. It's like you're just watching. You like how it makes you feel like it it can't have happened. But then also based on him, it's like okay, yeah, he's mad as well. Like it probably did happen. Yeah, I mean, you there's 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 the whole thing with the quaaludes, um, and so and yeah, uh, like this this out of date drug that you can't get anymore. Um, and it makes you wonder, yeah, how tall are the tails? And there's there's stories of people throwing little people um, uh, uh, as darts. Um, and, yeah, like, there's got to be some fancifulness in there. But also, yeah, I mean, it was the 80s. Uh, you know, you had, um, uh, what's his face, uh, beating his chest. Um, uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey. beating yeah. his chest. Um, yeah, and jo- Jonah Hill being, like, the, we, we're now in the Jonah Hill as like a proper actor kind of territory. Yeah, this is where he yeah. does his acting. 
um uh, and 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 you know we we get to see him do his acting now in in future films um yeah it is it feels such a bro film do you know what i mean like it really does feel like yeah, a, I get, I get, yeah. Bro. Yeah. and i don't know if that's all scorsese films but i feel like it maybe it is because it's all just like men like these films <laughs> yeah it was it was quite a uh quite a funny film as well there was a lot of like funny scenes in it um and it was it was a film i don't think what was it it was like three hours yeah it's it three hour long. That, but it didn't from what i remember i watched this quite a while ago but it didn't f- feel like a three-hour film it was very fast-paced um and i guess just like his lifestyle was fast-paced so it kind of made you it kind of gave that feeling anyway. yeah absolutely um there's a couple that I, i'm i'm gonna hold back on mentioning just in case they they make uh, your list but um that i think a a, a we could talk about in terms of pacing because you know from the same director um because i think i think you're right the 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 pacing does make the film a lot more sort of yeah it it, it some of those films can be a little bit of a drag at, at you know three and a half hours or whatever you can mention them i don't have any uh okay because so. just as you were you were talking there and I, i'm surprised i didn't put it in actually um and it never came up in any of the lists which i thought was odd but the aviator okay i haven't actually seen the aviator but it, it was on my watch list to watch it for this. I just didn't get didn't get around to it. Yeah, and uh, that is a that is more sprawling. I mean, I've only seen it once. I saw it in the cinema. I don't think I've seen it since. Um, and that was that was you know that was some time ago. Um, and that is a big, big film. I mean, it's it's, it's the same director, same star. Uh, I think. Um, and that has a much different feel because it is much more slowly paced, I think. Um, and it tells it tells more of the life story, I think, maybe. I don't know. Um, but then the other one, of course, is Goodfellas, which is, again, it's like how close it, it cleaves to the original source material because I think that was based on a book as well. Um, but it's, it's very, like very, very similar to wall street because you've got the narration you've got some of those fast cuts certain scenes certain like set pieces uh with with ray liotta's narration like it, it yeah there, there is um and a humor as well like there's a real symmetry between those two films i think yeah the aviator was one that, um i was going to watch it and as you said it wasn't on many lists so i decided like okay then it's, it's, i don't know if i should watch it if if it's not going to make my list and it's it's a um, commitment <laughs> yeah 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 but the Goodfellas was a yeah. I saw a a review of the Wolf of Wall Street, and he was comparing it to Goodfellas in terms of like how the main character, um, they were kind of almost. He felt like they were glamorizing this lifestyle, yes, very much. Um, the from the central characters, but he felt um, yeah, he thought that was pretty bad because you don't want to be glamorizing like what he got into. In the yeah, end. Uh, b- both films are like, uh, I think. Okay, there's the money and 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 all the rest of it that you get, uh, quote unquote, legally from um, from being on Wall Street, but it's still uh, it it really glamorizes unethical behaviour and and wheeling and dealing, and yeah, like Scorsese's not afraid to do that. I think with with his characters um, to let yeah. them tell the story and be like, no, this life is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for my number three, I'm going to go with Hillbilly Elegy. Um, which is was only out last year uh, on the Netflix. Yeah. Uh, it's your Amy Adams, your Glenn Close, uh, and Gabriel Basso is the uh, lead playing JD Vance, who's like a, a he's a young law student going to Yale, uh, and he's trying to get 
uh, an interview. It's one of these that's set over a couple of time spans. And so um, the sort of main crux of the story is he's, he's getting this job interview um, for, for a, it's not actually for a job. I think it's for an internship and it's going to be a huge internship if he gets it and he's got to get it for his, for his, you know, uh, future. And at the same time, he's being pulled back to his family um, down south um, who, uh, he's got his mum who's just a she's she's an addict she's just always in a bad way um very emotionally difficult to deal with um and may, maybe some sort of um, bipolar and, and and drug abuse and drink and all sorts of stuff and he's battling with that trying to deal with that and his sister who's trying to help as much as she can, but she's got a family and he's the young one. So he's, he's running around doing all the hospital stuff. And at the same time, he's like the clock is counting down to him being able to get back, uh, get back up to, to Yale to, or, or to where he is um, to, to take his, uh, his internship interview. And you just want life to work out for him. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, you know, he loves his family and, and his family love him. And, but it's just, it's just complex. It's just complicated. Yeah. Is it, um, is it a Netflix original? I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I saw this. Yeah. I saw it come up on Netflix. Um, I added it to my watch list, but didn't get around to, haven't got around to watching it yet. It's, um, yeah. I, did, I don't think even think I realized it was a biopic. Yeah. Or like based on any true, true story. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, um, based on a memoir. Um, and i think and it's you know not that long ago it really isn't um when the the actual book was written um so it's it's all sort of fairly fairly recent but um yeah glenn close is this mother figure like matriarch of the family it's like his his grandmother i think and and she's just fantastic she takes him under his wing at certain points as a kid and it's just it's 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 just really well made it's you know well acted and um well directed it's just a really solid film and um that's why it goes in my list is it quite like an emotional film is it like an emotional yeah film there, like there are yeah film? there's some there are some moments that are just like it's more it's not like a weepy film it's not that but it will it can make you tense and make you frustrated and um you feel for the character and i think even with 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 the mother who's you know on 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 various drugs and 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 things you you feel a sympathy with that character as well because it's it's well drawn she's not she's not a monster figure you don't understand a lot of her motivations but she's not a cartoon villain um and so that's drawn really well as well so yeah you you get a sense of um the turmoil i guess of of the main character so yeah it it kind of it drags you around a bit yeah it's worth it though um what's number four okay this is where i've gone a bit bit rogue so my final two are more are kind of yeah lesser known ones um but number four i've gone for a film called dungle hello which is actually a bollywood film oh cool um so i'm not actually uh well people can't won't be able to see me i don't think but um i i'm i'm from an indian background but i'm like the least Indian Indian you can find. Um, I this is this is this was the first Bollywood film I watched, and I watched it maybe like three four months ago. Um, so I'm not like a massive Bollywood fan or anything. But this um, this actually came around because I we were having you know in lockdown we were having like Zoom calls with like friends and all that, and we were playing some quiz, and one of my friends put like the film name as an answer for one of the questions. And I was like, okay, what's this dangle? Yeah. 
and then they all started taking the piss out of me because I pronounced pronounced it wrong. Um, and I was like, it's a film, so I thought I'd give it a watch. Um, and I, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, it's a film where, like, obviously there's a lot of, like, it might associate a lot of, like, stuff with Bollywood, like music and dancing and all that kind of stuff. But if I didn't know it was a Bollywood film, I would have just thought it was something produced in Hollywood, really well produced. Okay. It's um, produced by a guy called Amir Khan, um, not the boxer. Yep. Um, <laughs> And it's it's about the life of uh, he's also the father he acts as the father in the film, and it's he plays a guy who is called I might be pronouncing these names wrong, um, but he plays a guy called Mavir Singh, uh, and it's about his two daughters Geeta and Babita, who he leads them to become professional wrestlers. Um, his daughters. Wow. Um. So the father back in, if I give like a little, yeah, uh, like a little rundown, the father was like a really good wrestler, like back in his day, but he had to stop because he had to like start taking care of his family and he had no support, etc. Um, so then he made his dream basically to have a son and for them to win a medal for India right. in wrestling, but he ended up having only daughters. Um, so basically he kind of gave up on his dream. Um, and then one day, I forgot what the reason was, but his daughters got into a fight um, and they ended up beating up, beating a guy in this fight. Um, and then he started to think, okay, I, you know what? A medal's a medal. I could, I could have this with, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. Um, so he then basically trains them to become world-class uh, wrestlers and they do go on to win medals for, for India. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I spent pretty much the whole film like, really angry and pissed off with him because he basically put i felt like he pushed their dream his dream like his like failed dream onto his daughters and it was quite clear they didn't want to become wrestlers like um there's a scene i remember where like he shaved both of his daughters heads because um i think it might have been a I think it might have been for performance reasons. Well, you don't. I guess you don't want something to um, cling on to if you're if you're. Uh, yeah, wrestling. yeah, exactly. And like the daughters were like, yeah, not happy. Like going into school, they were like being picked on and all that kind of stuff. So it's like it was like that was really hard to watch. Um, but by the end of the film, I was crying. Like there's a scene where they win the medals, and like the father's like in the stand looking on, and it's like just really emotional. I was like tearing up. Just like imagining myself in that position, like having kids who have gone on to achieve this like incredible achievement. Um, and I think from a point of view, uh, like the meaning behind the film, like India is a country where there's a lot of sexism, like even today, like the women are very much seen as like they're there to do house chores and there to do cooking and stuff like that, uh, which is still in the film, like the mother in in the film is kind of not really given a say I felt. Um, and she was like, Oh no, don't do this. And she, the father was like, no, no, they got to do this, this like training at 5am in the morning to like all day. Um, but it's pretty, I think it was had a big impact in Bollywood, like the man, like empowering women, they can do this, treating them as equals and being just as good as the men, if not better. Nice. That is, um, that is, uh, I, I, I might have to, I, I might have to make it my first Bollywood uh, watch because the closest I've got is Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was me. Uh, 
Yeah, not not long ago. <laughs> um, it's it's really highly rated yeah. as well. Um, it's in like the top hundred films on IMDb. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, it is is uh, it's really well produced and beautifully shot <laughs> as well. Oh. Is a long one though. Every Bollywood film seems to be like three hours long. It's 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 weird. <laughs> like as you were describing it, um, halfway through, like I forgot we were doing um biopics i was like this sounds like an interesting story and then oh no this is a <laughs> yeah. this true thing that happened <laughs> well actually this is this is a film where i i was watching it not knowing it was a true story ah, yeah um and then at the end you know how films they yeah. say oh this person is doing this now and all that um i was like oh shit this is a yeah uh i i like that apparently the the translation is literally wrestling competition (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, pretty much (laughs) oh wicked all right um my number four then is oddly enough coincidentally lion um which is the story of a five-year-old indian boy uh who gets lost um like hundreds of miles from home and he's then adopted by an australian couple nicole kidman uh and um and then he grows up he becomes dev patel um and uh he's 25 and he and he goes back to to india to find his family and reunite with them and it's got Rooney mara and uh 2016 and i i remember um quite enjoying this film yeah, this is really bad of me because i i'm a big dev patel fan and i've had line on my watch list for ages but I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, I know I'm going to... It looked like quite emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I know I'm going to cry to this. I'm just going to put it off for yeah. a while. I've, I've done the same with a uh, marriage story because um, I know I'm going to like bore my eyes out <laughs> as well. So I'm just like putting it off into when I'm in a mood to like cry. Yes. Um, so yeah, but I, this is a film I really want to watch because, yeah, as I said, I'm a big Dev Patel fan. Um, I, I, I can't remember when I watched this... Um, and so my my sort of memory isn't super sort of solid on it, but I, I do remember just it being it being one of those. It's just like I never would have. I was I think I was with family and like I never would have opted to watch it because it looked quite sort of important and worthy. Um, hmm. And I sometimes sometimes I'm in the mood for those, and sometimes I'm not. And and so, um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I, I sat down with it and, and enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll always watch Rooney Mara cause I just think, uh, she's great. Um, and I think doesn't have a, that, that pivotal role in it from what I remember, but yeah, Dev Patel going back and, and reconnecting, finding family members. And it, it's the, this whole sort of, if I remember rightly, it's this search through like this person might know where this person is and it's sort of trying to trace back as much as he can. Um, from from what he remembers and yeah it was it's just it's 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 a good it's a good film so that's all i have to say about that right rooney mara where else she was in now was she in the social network or was that her sister i feel like one of the maras was um yeah she's in she was as his uh i think it's his girlfriend yeah was mark zuckerberg's girlfriend um at the beginning because the 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 mara sisters pop up in quite a few things kate mara is the one who's got massive eyes um whereas rooney mara kate mara is the one in house of yes yep um and rooney mara was lisbeth salander in uh the girl with the dragon tattoo the american version right um the 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 mara acting dynasty what is your number five then okay my number five is a film made by the bbc um and it's called marvelous have you heard of it? I don't know. So it's it's based on the story of 
Well, it is on the story of Neil Baldwin, okay. who is a guy who was diagnosed with a learning disability as a kid. And basically, he just he just lives his best life, like totally free from like any worries without caring the world. And I say without caring the world, I mean like in a good yeah. way. Um, like he just he just goes about his life just getting what he wants by asking for it. And I also mean that in a good yeah. way. Like, you know how so often we're kind of like, oh, if you don't ask, you don't yeah. get kind of thing. And he, he just... Yeah, it's just he, he. It wasn't even like there were feelings. People felt sorry for him either. It was like they more fell in love with him as a person and his personality. Um, so it start. It kind of starts off with him as he was a clown, uh, like working as a clown, but he got fired, I think, or he something happened. Um, but he ended up becoming and uh, working for the Stoke City Football Club um, as a kit man slash team mascot for for the manager Lou Macari at the time. Um, and then he also gets another job Well, he doesn't even get that job. Basically he just hangs around, um, at Keel uni, um, and becomes kind of like a student liaison officer, like not even, no one asked him, it's unpaid. He basically just hanged around and like talked to the students, like, and everyone fell in love with him. And 50 years later, he ends up getting an honorary degree from there. Um, it's, it's just, it's such a lovely, like feel good film just like really just it's just nice um and one one of the cool things as well is um so the guy who plays neil baldwin is toby jones um he's brilliant in it and but neil baldwin actually appears from time to time in the film oh wow like there's a scene where toby jones is just sitting on the bench then looks to his left and neil baldwin's there and they have like a chat (laughs) like but it's like he's actually like He's not talking to another random person. He's talking to Neil Baldwin. Oh, like, that's like, amazing. He's kind of like asking him, how did you feel when this happened kind of thing? And and like, yeah, Neil wow. responds. Um, oh, I love that. And then there's also like a couple like Lou Macari, who I said was the manager of Stoke City at the time. Yeah. Um, he was also a player, a uh, football player for my my favourite football team, Manchester United. Um, and he also appears in the film, like a little cameo at the end. Mm-hmm. Um with like the actor who plays him um and yeah just just yeah a really cool film everyone and he obviously like got a lot of went through a lot as someone with a learning disability like people picking on him especially in like a kind of football environment as well like a lot of like you know lads and bros and that kind of stuff like in the changing rooms but then people like fell in love with him um and in fact he even got on as he made an like a an appearance for stoke city as a sub in like a friendly game which is a a really nice touch um yeah just a really i'd I'd recommend anyone to watch it like just a really just kind of warms your heart a bit man that sounds great (laughs) i didn't know anything about it um that sounds that sounds great and i I I love that device of like yeah we've, we've still got access to this guy so let's just have a chat with him yeah um yeah and the guy um I mentioned Lou Macari as well. Recently, I think this week as well, uh, he, uh, some articles, he opened the Macari Center, which is like a massive warehouse um, where he's hosting a lot of like homeless people in like pods. So um, yeah, shout out to him. Nice. Well, my final number five then, <laughs> it's a bit of a departure. Um, but I loved this when I was growing up as a, as a teenager. Um I was into radio and uh, the sort of specifically the kind of American weird lewd um, kind of radio shock jock type thing. I think I, I 
before before I discovered empathy as a human being, um, I was really into this. And so uh, 1997's Private Parts, um, which is about the story of, of um, Howard Stern, and it stars him, and it's about his rise to fame um as coming up as a uh as a dj on on crappy sort of like college radio and then country radio stations and quitting his job moving um finding a little crew and then moving that crew to nbc new york and fighting with paul giamatti who's the like the station head at nbc who is amazing he's just this brilliant what do they call him pig face or something um that's that's just that's what they they all of them <laughs> call the 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 manager at NBC, um, and it's just it's it's irreverent and it's funny and you know not PC then and I think I haven't watched it in <laughs> I don't know fifteen years, um, possibly longer, and so like I I can tell you it won't hold up, but um, <laughs> and 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 this is the thing like. If you don't like Howard Stern, I don't think he's asking you to like him either. Um, hmm. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think if you if you roll your eyes at Howard Stern, I think you can still watch the film and roll your eyes at him um, <laughs> because I mean he's a knob. But the film is, I, I, I thought it was funny and entertaining, and um, bits of it still sort of pop in my head from time to time. So that's private parts. Yeah, I'll have to give it a watch because I do know Howard Stern. Main, main, mainly from a, it's like a judge on America's America's Got Talent. Oh, of course, yes. But um, yeah, we'll have to give that a watch. Yeah, um, a comedy as well. You don't have many. Um, well, I see here it's listed as a comedy, but yeah, I wouldn't say you have many biopics that are probably comedic as well at the same time. No, I don't think you do. Um, and and this is yeah, I think it's because it's a, a comedic memoir. It it definitely allows you to do that. And there's a couple of sort of flight of fancy moments. Um. It's not cleaving, you know, too much to reality, but it does, you know, it does tell his his basic rise to, um, rise to fame um, as as the, you know this morning DJ stalwart, um, and the story of his marriage, which then, uh, I think by the time the film came out, they were divorced, uh, but she's the 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 I can't remember who who, was, who plays his wife, but his actual wife is in the film, like she's a she's like a telephone operator or something at the station and so like but yeah subsequently they'd broken up because he was awful to her um just kept revealing uh really personal details about their life he was he was awful oh. but um yeah I, I i don't know if you get the chance to watch it i'll be fascinated to see what you think what the 2021 take on private parts is. yeah yeah i'll have to i'll have to because uh, it is doing the maths oh 24 years old yeah, I'm adding all these to my watch list. So, so this is Aaron Conway, and uh, what a lovely chap. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed this chat, and uh, I think we we have got some uh, some good films here to to watch. And I think I, I got the sense, sort of listening back in the edit, there's probably a lot of films here that people are like would not necessarily be the ones you'd think to choose. And I am also surprised that, like I said. Goodfellas didn't come up, but perhaps we don't always think of those kind of films as biopics, you know, because it's sometimes not really a genre. It's more a, I don't know, a point of view, a state of mind. I don't know. Anyway, 
If you like the show, uh, if you're enjoying this uh, and, uh, and and want to tell more people about it, I would be indebted to you if you would do so. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you can you can point people to, to listenvypod.com. You can tell them to put List Envy into You can take the phone from their hand and put List, List Envy into their podcast app of choice and uh, hit, the, hit the button that makes the episodes appear. Um, it's 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 all changing and getting confusing now. But you know, uh, we're we're moving to this new world world now where we say sub, uh, follow, not subscribe. But anyway, just you, you know, tell people about the show if if you would like to, uh, and if you'd like more people to to hear it, uh, that's always nice. Uh, thank you to Stuart Parker for uh, doing the Lord's work in uh, in helping me uh, put this show together. As always, um, next week is fictional librarians with Owen Stevens. That one was uh, was a, was a treat uh, as well. Um, and, and has some allusions to some of the conversations that we had uh, a few weeks ago. So it all, it all links back together. You know, that's, that's how we do. Um, so yes, uh, listenvpod.com, listenvpod on Twitter. Uh, although I'm not really using the, the Twitter and the, and the things, uh, so much now. Hey, listen, I said I'd tell you about my new studio. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you a little walkthrough. Um, as of now, uh, so I, I started learning the guitar last year. I actually started pre-pandemic, uh, pre-lockdown. And then uh, during lockdown, I actually got a guitar teacher. And we've met every uh, Saturday. And since then, I've bought, because I started with an acoustic, and then I bought an electric, because they're easier to learn on. Uh, and then I sort of broke the electric, uh, but it was also, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit cheap. It's a very entry level uh, electric guitar, uh, and that is somewhere. And I've now got uh, the one that I, the one that I love, although it is it's got too much of a slender neck, and so my my fingers are, uh, are challenged by it. But it's lovely, and I really enjoy playing it. Um, and I've now got both my my sort of permanent guitars hung up on my wall they're mounted they I've, I've finally got guitar mounts and so every time I, I walk in i can see my guitar i can see my uh, piano keyboard um there and and i've got uh, behind me directly behind me is a photo of my my family and to the left is a poster that i designed something like eight years ago i've now got this whole new got my lovely boom arm set up here and under the desk is i, I i'm unaccountably delighted by this but under under the desk there is a hook for my headphones so i can put my headphones on a hook so that they're not taking up desk space i can't tell you how happy that makes me but it does um so that's kind of that's the studio now and uh i uh, we, we will find out in a few weeks time that that is not the only change uh that's that's been coming uh that that may affect conversations that we have on the podcast so uh if you want to know about that spoilers spoilers abound uh, then stay subscribed to the podcast uh, and as i've already said several times all the details for that are at listenvypod.com um but Aaron and I still have work to do. We we've got we've got a list to to make here. We've got a we've got to dovetail our lists together. So let us get back into that important work of building our top five list of biopics. We've got some nice lists here. So from you, we've got the the Social Network, Rocket Man, Wolf of Wall Street, Dongle, and Marvelous. Uh, from me, Shadowlands, Stan and Ollie, Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, Lion and Private Parts, and I also had Wolf of Wall Street as an honourable mention. Um, so now the job falls to us to see if we can combine these uh, together into um, into one mega list. Um, I've had a go. Um, I don't know yet. This is this is a provisional order, so please 
you know, tell me, tell me what we should change. Uh, but from five to one, I've got uh, Dungle, Marvelous, Wolf of Wall Street, Shadowlands, because I wanted to get it in there, and The Social Network. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm happy with that, but I feel like that's mostly mostly mine that's okay because i think wolf of wall street was was one i uh was on my sort of uh honorable mentions list so that that bumps it up in my regard um and social network i think i i didn't think of it as a biopic but i think it's a great choice and it's from my favorite director so like yeah that gets a mention yeah that's cool uh i th- i th- i put um dungle before marvelous on my list okay yeah yeah but i'm happy if you if you sound if you think it sounds uh because my my list is very, I feel like it's very interchangeable. I felt mm. I kind of put in a list, especially those two at the end. They were more kind of recommendations for people to watch. Um, so I'm I'm happy with, with with that order as well. Yeah, I I I like the fact that we've we haven't just gone um, Hollywood blockbusters on this. I think I think that's 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 what I like about it. Um, and I think like I I need. I need Shadowlands to be in there. I don't need it to be as high as number two. I do need it to be in there, though, because um, I just think it's so worth it. No, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, if you're happy with it, then um, I will I will formally ask you the question, Aaron Conway, do you consent to this list? I do consent. This has been a pleasure. Please, Aaron, tell me all about the Third Wheel podcast. Um, yes, that's a, it's a podcast uh, hosted by me and one of my best mates, Hamish. And what we do basically is have... We invite a guest on every every episode and basically talk a lot of shit. <laughs> Ideal. We we uh mo- mostly we learn um more about the guest. Not I'm not I wasn't saying they're shit or they talk shit or anything, but uh that's that's the interesting shit part. talking happens um, and then yeah. yeah yeah we we talk a lot uh, we hear like about them like what they've done um some cool things they've worked on um or just stuff they're pretty like passionate about or interested in. And then me and Hamish are there kind of, the guest is probably talking about something way over our heads and they're really intelligent and me and Hamish are just trying to like understand what they're talking about. Um, every now and then we might have some debates, um, some games in there. Um, but yeah, just it's kind of a podcast where there will be something that you will find interesting in at least one of the episodes. We've we've made over 70 now, so and that's 70 different guests. So wow. each each episode is is very different oh, that is yeah that is uh from someone who does this that's challenge um and uh and, and i applaud you for it um where can people listen to the third wheel um yeah basically any any podcast player um just search for the third wheel um we're on all social medias at, at the third wheel fm or our website is the third wheel dot fm i did want to make um, sure that we didn't um proceed without giving that a mention because it is it's it's a gorgeous uh website and you can tell that uh it's made by someone who has an eye for design oh thank you <laughs> thank you really uh really appreciate it's that. a it's a it's a beautiful branded podcast um i love it <laughs> um well uh and where, where can people uh keep in touch with you and and what you're doing yourself uh yeah cool i'm i'm pretty much everywhere on any social media you'll pr- probably find me um username everywhere would be aaron conway seven ah. um so yeah just just look for that is there a significance and in the seven or is it just the first place you you signed up you were like i've got to be seven i was i was born on the seventh of the seventh um and i'm a big football fan so and a manchester united fan so seven was like david beckham cristiano ronaldo it was like oh wow big, yeah okay. a big number for yep. for for my team so yeah seven was always my favorite highly significant well this has been a pleasure aaron conway thank you so much for being on list envy yeah thank you thank you for having me 